Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Akil Stokes. In today's episode, we're going to answer the question or at least discuss the question of what is the best currency pair to trade or is there a best currency pair to trade? But before we get into that, I want to do some shameless promotion. It will only take a second, I promise. If you are a new or struggling trader, make sure you head over to our website, www.tier1trading.com. I recommend checking out the Ascension Workshop. It is a free workshop geared at traders who are struggling that need to understand and see what it takes to be a consistently profitable trader. And I'm talking about from the mindset to the, the actual actionable items that you need to take. So check it out. It is free. Um, the first step, in my opinion, and, and this comes from my personal experience and working with you know <laughs> thousands of traders over the years, it, it starts in the mind. If, if you don't know what it takes to be successful, you're never going to be successful, point blank. So one of the questions that I, I often get when when traders embark on the back testing journey, meaning they've learned how to learned how to trade, they've decided on what type of strategy or approach they want to use, and they're getting into the testing process, the process where they're digging into the charts, they're digging into the numbers, and they go down that rabbit hole of of really ensuring that you know, their edge works so that they have an edge in the market. And and that's not a a, a simple task to do. It's not as simple as just going through the charts and collecting data. It's going through the charts and having different ideas and testing different ideas and comparing them and and, kind of, you know, making filters and and, and making adjustments. Think about it like making a meal, right? Uh, The first time you make it, it maybe doesn't come out the way you envisioned it. And then each time you go through it, you add a little bit of this, take a little bit of that away, you kind of fix it to the way that you want it to uh, to be, and, and it could be frustrating. It's a lot of trial and error, but the end product is you have a recipe that you can wow people out at all your fancy dinner dinner parties uh, for the rest of your life, which is pretty cool, and, and passed pass down to your, your kids, grandkids, whatever as well. And normally, the question that I get is, uh, you know, people want a starting point. Akil, what is the best pair to trade? And my answer is, there is none. Um, and I always feel bad uh, saying that I used to feel more bad. I don't feel bad anymore. But the truth is there is no best pair to trade, right? And the reason that is, is, is for a few reasons. One is every trading style is different. Every trading style is different. Every 
personality of an individual currency pair is different. And what I mean by that is um, you think look at it from a, a bigger perspective. Some pairs are more trendy. Some pairs are more consolidative. As far as your trading strategy goes, um, you have to ask yourself the question, what type of trader are you? If you are a trend trader, then the results are probably going to be pretty rough on the consolidative pairs and, and vice versa. If you're a, a, a trader that trades a lot of consolidation, let's say a pattern trader, for example, right? If you trade a pair or test a pair that is very trendy, there's a good chance you're not going to see the either the frequency or the performance results that you want. So what is the best pair? It's very similar. Sticking with the food example, you can tell I'm hungry. I haven't had dinner yet. Um, it's, it's like asking, hey, what is the best meal? And everyone has different taste buds. Everyone has a different taste, a desire for what they like. But in general, and what I, what I tell traders is this, right? So when I get this question, I just say, you know, just, you know, open up your little dashboard to house all your pairs, close your eyes, point your finger at one, pick one and, and, and go. Um, but a lot of people are told, start with the majors, right? Start with the most popular currency pairs. Start with your your euro dollar, your pound dollar, your you know your pound. I guess pound yen is not technically a popular one, but your dollar yens, your 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 stuff like that, and work your way through. And that's what I do, and and, and I, I do that not necessarily purposely. It's just that you know uh, I have a set portfolio that I trade. I'm ingrained to do it in a certain way. So in my mind, I'm so conditioned to coming in the markets the, every single day and looking at the same pairs in the same order that it just makes sense for me to do my testing like that, right? It's a habit that I probably need to fix. Um, and I'm, I'm working on it. I'm actually doing that right now, which has just prompted the idea for this podcast. But I think something you need to do when testing is if you don't want that completely random, close your eyes, pick a pair and go after it, is to switch things up, right? Try a little bit of this, try a little bit of that, right? Because I'll tell you what, different pairs are following up on the, the idea that different pairs work differently. You know, it, it's it's thought out there that the majors are quote unquote the best pairs to trade. They're the most popular, right? Do what the most popular people are doing. Do what everyone else, trade what everyone else is trading. In reality, that can actually be pretty hurtful to your trading and, and, and I'll tell you I'll tell you why right there's a lot of influence in the market now and and it's changed over the years you know I, I don't want to necessarily just say kind of the, the smart money institutional money and stuff like that because that's always been in the market but over the years the the movement of the market has changed and it's for various reasons it's it's the forex market specifically being opened up to more retail traders it's smart money knowing that there's more dumb money in the market so there's more i don't want to call it manipulation but there's more movement to bait people or, or to, to bait the, the traders that are doing dumb things to do more dumb things so that smart money can take advantage of them. There's the introduction of algorithms and whatnot, which, you know, you can look at it as being mechanical. It is mechanical, but it, it, it remember, everything mechanical is programmed by human beings. So those algorithms are programmed to do a certain thing. Um, and then just market conditions in general. I'm recording this uh, early 2021. We've just came off of 2020. So needless to say, between 2020 and all the economic stuff that's going on between the, the Trump era that we had here in the US, where he was the first president to really be vocal, I guess you can say, on social media, and, and, and which, which created its own stirs in the market, things are just a little bit different. And when you think about the impact that different actions are going to have, 
right? And again, we, if we kind of go back to smart money versus dumb money. And, and I, I hate to kind of make it think like it's it's a war, it's a battle, like you're, you're trading against smart money because you're really not, as professional traders, we're, we're trying to trade with smart money. We're trying to look for the clues that they, that they leave and kind of be a, a fly on the elephant's tail, meaning that if smart money is the elephant, they're the big mover. We're trying to identify when that elephant is going to take off and we're trying to, you know, hang on the tail for a little bit of a ride. So we're not, we're not going against them. We're not even going against each other as traders. We're just very small, right? We're a very small fly just trying to hop on a ride. But sometimes, especially if you're new, you're going to get caught up in some junk with that. You're going to get caught up in some whipsaw or market goes up, down, up, down. And unfortunately, you are the victim. If you think that smart money or institutional trading is baiting traders out there, you know, just use common sense, right? If their idea is to use dumb money, right? Newer traders, not calling you dumb, but you know, we've all done the dumb things because we're not knowledgeable enough. If the idea is to use dumb money um, to for them to take advantage of the markets, right? Where do you think is the most, where do you think is the best place for them to play this game, to do this dance at? Is it in a exotic pair that no one's trading or is it on something like the Euro dollar, which has the highest liquidity of all the pairs. I think like 30% of the market's liquidity is in the euro dollar, something like that. Um, does it make more sense to do that where you know a lot of the new traders where they're hearing, oh, trade the euro dollar, that's the most popular pair. Oh, I'm gonna make money on the euro dollar, right? It makes more sense to take those actions on that type of pair. So if you think about the legitimacy of price action and, and it's it's tough to say legitimacy because the market does whatever it wants whenever it wants it's it's i don't want to say it's unpredictable but it it's it's you know it's it 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 it, it, it goes with its own flow i guess you could say i'm, I'm lost for words right now but if you if, if you can imagine a a natural movement in the markets, meaning that, you know, the probabilities working how they're supposed to work. Right. When you see this happen, this should happen. If then. Right. If this occurs, then this should be the result. And we know that it doesn't happen 100 percent of the time. But classical technical analysts know that certain patterns should yield a certain result. Right. A certain amount of the time. Um if you think about kind of the, again, manipulation, which isn't really manipulation, but let's just call it manipulation for discussion point. If you think about that kind of corrupting the natural moves in the market, that's going to happen more so on the more popular pairs because that's where more of the suckers are. If you take a look at some of the exotic pairs, right, pairs that aren't popular, you don't really hear about, maybe not as many traders are trading, right? You're more likely to have a natural flow, a natural price action. So if you're someone that is trading a specific signal, um, let's say a classic, again, a, a classic price action pattern, and you know that specific signal should yield a specific result, it's certainly worth trying that out on a minor pair. And, and again, I'm not saying you should avoid the major pairs, but try both. Because what happens is if, if you start by only doing the majors, if you, if you start your back testing and you start on the euro dollar and then you go to the pound dollar and then you go to the dollar yen, right? And you spend all this time, you invest all this time and energy in, 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 in back testing three major pairs, right? And you get negative results on all three of those major pairs. What do you think is going to happen next? How likely are you to go to that fourth, right? 
probably not that likely. You're probably likely to say, oh, you know what, it doesn't work, or you're likely to tinker with it to try to force it to work on a specific pair, right? In reality, you could have something that works very, very well, but it doesn't necessarily work well on that pair. So it's worth exploring how it works on other pairs. Now, the question that you're probably asking yourself right now, well, Keel, how many pairs should I test? How many pairs should I try it out on before I assume that it doesn't work? And I wish I had a solid answer for you. I wish I can say four is the magic number or 10 is the magic number. Um, I just don't know. But I think you need to have a nice mix. So when you're doing your testing, you know, Take a major, take an exotic, take a major, take an exotic, right? If you're, you know, say do four or five, for example, and if you start to see a trend like, hey, it's not really working on these majors, but it's working well on these exotics, now you know, hey, maybe I should gear my attention more towards the exotic, or at least you know that it's not a, a failing strategy or technique that you're using. It just may not work on this individual currency pair or these type of popular currency pairs. So for all you guys out there back testing, and, and I save that, I, I say that because one of the biggest things that I see in, in trading, um, and, and this is usually before you even get to the back testing phase, is that traders give up before they have a chance to be successful. In, in, in general, um, I believe that people don't fail. They only give up before they find success. But that happens a lot in the market, right? From a from one standpoint, um, a lot of newer traders don't make it through drawdowns, right? A lot of newer traders will fund that live account. They'll, they'll, they'll start up right away and, and they'll lose seven out of their first 10 trades. And all of a sudden the strategy doesn't work, the system doesn't work, blah, 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 blah. And then they'll watch a YouTube video and jump to something else only to return back and, and see that, man, if I just would have kept trading what I was trading, right? I just happened to start off during a losing streak. And after that, I, I, I caught fire and, and won 15 out of the next 20, right? But they bailed on it before they had a chance to see success. The same things happen in your testing. You may test four pairs and those four pairs have even or negative results and all of a sudden you ditch it and go on to something else. Where if you would have just tested two more pairs, you might have had phenomenal results. And remember, you don't need and and you know you don't you don't need a very big portfolio to be a trader. Um, that's another myth out there is that you have to be trading 20 pairs at a time to be successful. No, right? There's no magic number on what to trade, right? If you think about it in this way, as far as money management and position sizing, right? The more pairs you trade, it does increase your frequency. That is a benefit of it. You want to have frequency. Right? You don't want to trade something that has like one signal a year. That's a waste of time. But the more trade, the more pairs you trade, right? the lower or the more risk you have at stake, the more risk you have at stake, the lower your position sizing can be or the lower the amount of your account you can risk, right? Um, so it's not necessarily a negative thing to have a smaller portfolio because that just means you can risk more, right? Still in a, in a, in a uh, you know, you don't want to risk, you don't want to go crazy within your risk management rules, but you can risk more on something that you know is going to benefit you, right? So there's nothing wrong with having a four pair portfolio, a five pair portfolio, right? The, 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 the key is, right? Trade the pairs that work, trade the pairs that obviously if you want to take this, you want to take the spread into account that have a spread that allow you to 
actively trade it without you know giving too much to your broker to do so. That's a another thing that will you know allow me to cross out pairs if the spread is too crazy. Whoop, get out of here! I'm not paying that much to trade. There's another pair that does just as well that I can trade for cheaper, and that's going to be the negatives of trading some of the minor pairs or the exotic pairs is you're going to have bigger spreads. Um, but that's a question that you're going to have to ask yourself, and that's going to depend on your broker. How much are you willing to pay to be involved in those type of uh, those type of transactions. So before you bail, test it. Don't just avoid the exotics. Just don't gravitate towards the majors. Um, switch it up. Have a little bit of both. Try a little bit of this. Try a little bit of that and make the proper comparison before making a, a, a final decision about whether what you're trading works or what you're trading doesn't work. That was a weird one. What you're trading doesn't work. What you're trading, what what your if your trading works or if your trading doesn't work. There we go. All right. See you.